Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So I just want to share this with you. If you were following me on Twitter earlier, at The Roy Green Show, you, you saw what I tweeted. Started out about 4 o'clock in the morning here for me, Eastern Standard Time, and uh, I had interviews scheduled, two of them, with guests who were in Ukraine, one uh, government official. The other is a friend of my next guest. And I wanted to find out if we were still okay with the interviews. So here's what I tweeted. Feeling heartsick this a.m., we had two interviews scheduled with guests in Kiev today. Both have canceled. One guest I spoke with briefly. It was difficult. When I set up interviews, it's usually a fairly dry process. When, though, you make direct voice contact with another human, fearful that that very moment for his life, yet who nevertheless, with courtesy, expresses regret for canceling, it's a heart-wrenching experience. We both knew, during that brief exchange, what today may hold for him, his family, and Ukrainian people across that devastated nation. Horrific. And I mean it. When I say I, I felt heartsick, I still do. I still do. Incredibly gracious individual who ex knows exactly what may be waiting for him today and for his family. And yet he had concern about canceling the interview with me because he had to move and try to keep his family safe. It's just stunning. Professor Lubomir Lusiak is a political science professor at Royal Military College. He researches geopolitics, Ukraine, refugee migration, the former Soviet Union, and Professor Lusiak has family ties with Ukraine. Professor, that was one of your friends. It was one of your friends I communicated with. Yes, it was. Yes, hi, Roy. Hi, um, how are you? I, and I spoke to him this morning as well. Well, their time, of course, was mid-afternoon. They did not manage to get out of Kiev, um, so they were hoping to try again tonight. So by now, I hope they're on their way to a more safe location. Um, they uh, found themselves, in effect, uh, wondering whether they'll survive. Um, both of, of these people, and I won't name them for obvious reasons, are on the Russian hit lists. If Kiev were to be captured or if they were to be captured, their fate is sealed. They're not even going to get the benefit of an internment camp. They're going to be shot. Um, these, yeah, and my friend reached out to me and said, can you please tell Roy that I might not be available today? I mean, that's like I cried, got to tell you. Yeah. Um, you know, and then I called him right away, and I was able to get through, although the connection wasn't as good as I've seen it in the last few days. It's, it's starting to deteriorate. So the situation is pretty dire, and um, although the Russians have been facing stiff resistance and even good-humored resistance. I'm sure you've seen some of the videos that mock the Russian invaders. Yes. Uh, the fact is Ukrainians are feeling betrayed by the West. Uh, NATO's refusal to impose a no-fly zone, 
the failure of the so-called humanitarian corridors to allow civilians to get out of harm's way, uh, given Russian violations, the lack of, you know, the real military support means that Ukrainians are starting, frankly, to run out of ammunition. They're starting to run out of uh, the kinds of uh, trained people they need to continue with the resistance at the level they've been maintaining it now for over a week. That's, um, you know, uh, every day I'm getting reports from friends in Ukraine of uh, people who are dead now, who were alive a week ago. Um, The first Ukrainian woman fighter pilot died yesterday or the day before. Uh, People I met in 2017 are missing or dead. You know, and I and I have 25 year old friends. I'm I'm an old guy, right? And I'm I've, I've met people there, and I thought, wow, what a new generation post-1991, socialized in a free Ukraine. This is the future of Ukraine and Europe. And Mr. Putin has degraded that. He has despoiled it. He has polluted it. He is truly an evil person. And, you know, I, I, I as a person of some faith, I, I pray for Ukraine. But I also have to tell you, being quite frank, I pray for Putin to die. Yeah. Um, even Senator Lindsey Graham in, in the U.S. said somebody has to knock this guy off, and then I then he was criticized for what he said. And I understand, well, of I suppose, course, given you know, given the world and the world and what it is. Yep. But you had a sense of just how furious Senator Graham is, and and just angry at the at the lack oh. of uh, consideration for for a no-fly zone. And we even have a former NATO Supreme Commander General Philip Breedlove is calling for um, humanitarian NATO no-fly zone. And I found it very interesting. The first comment after after I read the story, you know, so the, the readers comment, add their thoughts. And, and one individual, the first one I saw was a former military man who said, we used to run toward the gunfire. Mm-hmm. No, and, and you see, this is exactly it. The, the, the overwhelming majority of American public opinion is in favor of boots on the ground of a no-fly zone. I don't know if there's been a poll in Canada, but look, nobody's saying send um, Canadian pilots or American pilots or British pilots to kill Russian pilots. They're just saying tell the Russians to clear out of the air and then establish a humanitarian air cover. Let the Russians and the Ukrainians fight it out on the ground, if you like. But why is it that we're standing by and watching these brave people defending their homeland against an invader. We're watching them be destroyed piece by piece by piece because we're afraid of Putin. You're quite right. That military person you're talking about was saying, you know, we used to run to support countries that were resisting an aggressor. And now the West seems to be, frankly, collapsing. I think, you know, I'm still convinced that Putin is going to lose this war in every important sense of the word. But I think the West is going to lose this war too now, and that's that's been a that's the changing views I'm having, you know, after a week of all of this. Uh, as for you know Putin and whether he should be killed, I know that people get all upset. Oh, you you can't call for the the murder of a person. Well, would anyone have said that if we'd said back in 1941 someone should kill Hitler or someone should kill Stalin during the whole of the war in Ukraine? I mean, these are evil people. They have elected. They have chosen to do evil. They have decided to launch wars of aggression to disturb the peace, to murder or enslave or displace. Well, now over a million Ukrainians have had to flee their homes. Uh, like, 
why is it wrong to kill someone like that? Yes, you pollute your soul by killing someone. Absolutely. But that's when, you know, you need the priests, you need the people who can deal with the sin of, of, of killing someone. Uh, but it's not murder to kill a tyrant. It's not murder to kill a Hitler. It's not murder to kill a Mao or a Stalin or a Putin, although he's obviously junior to all of those three. So let me ask you this. Uh, from your professional perspective as a political yeah. science professor at uh, Royal Military College, what do you believe may happen as far as opposition to Putin within Russia is concerned? And the Russian guest I'm going to have on in the next hour who likens Putin to a terrorist, mm. um, his, his point is that Putin doesn't care, and he has support from a few thousand people who've done very well because of him, so it's not likely that they're going to move to remove him. But what do you yeah, think is going to happen? It's a criminal regime, Putin. Your guest is, or your coming guest is quite right. Putin does not care. He's not a Soviet. He's not even a communist. He has enriched himself by despoiling the wealth of the Russian so-called federation. Uh, he's surrounded by oligarchs who are equally well-off billionaires, all of them, and of course his KGB confederates. So he's living in a very um, restricted community, if I can call it that, of thieves and fellow thieves. And of course, there's no honor among thieves. We all know that. But yeah. never so, Professor Lucier, given what we know and what we're facing today, and what we've seen over the last ten days, who knows what we'll see over the next ten days? But given what you know and your professional experience, what do you anticipate may happen? Well, I think the Russians will make additional territorial gains. There'll be, of course, many more refugees. Ukrainians will continue to show resistance. Um, I don't know whether they will have to sue for peace. But frankly, what worries me, Roy, is what comes after the peace. How will a nation of 40 million people regard the rest of Europe after this is all said and done, however it turns out? And if I were in any of these so-called NATO states, the smaller states like NATO, uh, Estonia, for example, I'd be really worried. Don't forget that when Turkey had its scrap with the Russian Federation back a few years ago and shot down a Russian fighter pilot, mm -hmm. the Turks were basically told by NATO, and the Turks have been there since the beginning, hey, if you get into a war with Russia, we're not going to back you. No Article 5. Estonia is a country of less than 2 million people. Are you going to put Canadian boots on the ground or American or British boots on the ground for 2 million people in Estonia if you won't do it for 44 million people in Ukraine? I would be really worried about the future of NATO and the future of, of Western Europe as a civilization in the face of this bully boy, uh, given the limited and, and not entirely uh, useful uh, support that Ukraine has got. I mean, this is not to deny that the West hasn't provided military aid and, and emotional aid and, and all the platitudes and all the hot air and you know, all the buildings lit up in blue and yellow and all that kind of stuff, all the humanitarian aid. That's all good, but it's not enough to stop Putin. Putin doesn't care if he puts a million people across the border into Poland or four million people into Europe. If you want to hear more, Subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.